0: flyover politic podcast the show for normal americans from his undisclosed bunker here's your host tony reed
1: it's friday free for all A podcast. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 27th of July. Hard to believe it's almost August. Year of our Lord 2017, and I am Tony Reed. Today we've got a great show, we're going to cover Linda Sarsour, go down a bunch of doggone articles I got, like, is the New York Times liberal, the Russian dossier, shopping, why James Bond should never be a woman, and that's written by a woman, so it's not me being a sexist, and a quick little look into the mind of the media as they do a loving thing about how Morning Joe love affair is so important to all of us. When you or I have some work time sucky fucky and we're losers that should be fired. But they're the media. Right off the bat before we close the loop. And remember on our Friday free-for-alls, we don't go to all the tweets and all that stuff. We cover a little news, close the loop on some stories. We just get in. It's an easier one, uh more direct. I have to try to do this. As I do, I usually flip through my own shows to hear the the errors I make and I was sitting at work and somebody walked in, When on the section on the transgender training for the army came on and I said, it just needs to be repealed. And lo and behold, the very next day, Trump says transgender people will not be allowed in the military. President Trump announced on Wednesday that the United States will no longer accept or allow Transgender people in the United States military saying American forces must be focused on decisive or overwhelming victory and could not afford to accommodate them. Trump made the surprise declaration in a series of posts on Twitter. Yeah, that's pretty bogus. He had come to the decision to talk to generals and media experts or military experts, whom he did not name. Um, this goes through because it's a $700, $700 billion spending bill. Uh, the announcer came amid a debate on Capitol Hill over the Obama-era practice requiring the Pentagon to pay for medical treatment related to gender transition. The dispute has unfolded as Congress considered the bill. Representative Vicki Hartzler, a Republican from Missouri, has proposed an amendment that would bar the Pentagon from spending money on transition surgeries. Now, this is a New York Times corporation thing, or New York Times article, and they're covering all sorts of stuff, um, that affects only a small portion of approximately 1.3 million active duty members of the military. About 2,450 are transgender. Now that, that's the article from the New York Times. All right, not not Tony Reed, the New York Times. So that it's 5.30 in the morning and I just woke up. The important part of that is they interestingly just gave us a stat. Because remember, this is one of those, we have no numbers, but you and I are told by the media, this is so important for so many people, all right? So many people need this. So that works out to .001 of the service. I just did the math. Uh, they tried to say it's an infinitesimal. They spend about 8.4 million a year and it's .04 of that budget. Um, it would increase it by 0.1. It would be 0.1013 of the budget if they did it. Are you affected by Trump's ban on transgender service? I mean, this, this is such a big deal. So why was this done? A, the house rejected that amendment because everybody's scared to vote against it. ACLU national victory heart Soul amendment that would have discriminated, discriminated against transgender. Lost 214 and 209. So Republicans went against it. And then I start arguing online with people. Army guys. They don't really do that, Tony. Military.com. Pentagon to pay for some sex change. Within that article from Military.com and why it's real is the fact that that all it takes is a doctor to say this would help them with their gender dysphoria and make them better soldiers and we'll cut off the the ding dong and make it a chachi. They were going to pay for it. Before we go into all the crazy that came out of this, I mean, last night there was a liberal meltdown over this. Like people were losing their rights. First and foremost, to serve in the military is not a right. People that are fat can't serve people that have severe autism can't serve people who have asthma, can't serve flat feet, can't serve bowel diseases can't serve, cleft lip can't serve there's a bunch of people that can't serve there's nowhere in the constitution to say there's a bill of serving rights it's just not there it's not there folks People are kicked out of the army and refuse service in the army all the time. But you would never know that in the media and online. It is like we have just said, transgender people have to use a different drinking fountain. That's the attitude. And that's clearly not it. J.R. Saltzman, who is a disabled vet. You know, I'm a disabled vet, but this dude's a real disabled vet. Missing limbs from an IED. He went on a tweet storm, and I want to read it before we get in the dumb shit. And suddenly, thousands of people who never served a day in the military become experts. Want to go through life confused about whether you're a man or a woman? Go for it. But you don't get to be a distraction in the military. There's no such thing as an army of one. You stow that individuality BS and become part of the team. You're either uniform or you're wrong. Same people think a woman with a penis should be allowed in group showers or saying Trump must, must move. That saying Trump's move degrades the military. Want to see a lot of pissed off soldiers tell 150 men they have to share two porta johns at air assault school with five women while five women get their own. My air assault school, we were told men and women are equal except when we're not. Now give a special one to the woman with the penis. Nothing pisses off troops more than individuality and special treatment. You're either uniform or you're not. You're either right or wrong. I served in Iraq in two thousand six. For the first five months, I was on a twelve man firebase out in the middle of nowhere. Every day we was ground dog day. Wake up and do the same patrols, the same shifts. Every single day it was so damn hot. It was 150 degrees in our gun trucks. Tracer fire would go overhead occasionally at night. IEDs on the road were a daily threat. We got resupplied food every eight days. QRF was an hour away after they made the minimum three gun truck rule after the guys got kidnapped. Life got harder. The stress of being out there and doing the same job every single day eats away at you. The younger guys had problems with that over time. And tiny little personal issues they had suddenly became a mountain. And that shit came out on the firebase, and they snapped mentally. After stepping on each other's nuts living in the same can for five months, guys were at each other's throats. The stress made it worse. Guys would literally snap over a Dear John letter. the personal issues came out and they were instantly combat ineffective. Now take someone confused about whether they are a man or a woman. Take those psychological and emotional issues and put them in that environment. Take someone who's right off the bat, not uniform or part of the same team, give them special treatment because of their identity. Take that person, put them in a stressful war environment and watch what happens. It's a fucking ticking time bomb. You have to be incredibly tough mentally, physically, and emotionally. War is not a fucking video game. It tests every ounce of your being. You can't teach someone to be fearless warrior in a fucking PowerPoint. You either have it, or you don't, you can hack it, or you can't, we had guys who couldn't, when faced with combat situations, they crumbled, they had mental and emotional issues, they were a liability, to be successful at war, you have to become a warrior, mentally, physically, and emotionally, you can't fake it, and go through the motions, In war, if it comes down to kill or be killed, and you hesitate, you're dead, simple as that, it's not a fucking video game, War is no place for people who are mentally, emotionally, or physically confused or in turmoil. You have your shit together, or you don't. And if you don't, you'll just get people needlessly killed. Political correctness has absolutely no place in the military. That is everything I could ever say. So I need not rant into my mic. I just can tell you from my own personal position I took 27 dudes to combat of those 27 dudes after day one 25 of them were okay and as the months went on and we had to climb mountains and start really engaging with the enemy and we landed on helicopters and we flew from 3,500 feet to 9,500 feet six more fell by the byway. And yours truly was on a teetering physically, carrying a 100-pound ruck and dragging people up fucking mountains. Oh, by the way, while you're getting mortared. So if dude's on hormone treatment, he's not making the helicopter ride. He won't be able to land at 9,500 feet and suck it up. He'll be thinking about how his penis still hurts because now it's a vagina. But I digress. Because the reality is, it's not a right to serve in the army. It's not a right. It is a legion of people who defend us while we sleep. And if you don't know who the fuck you are, how the fuck can you kid up and go fight a war? Because guess what? Moon bats. Everybody's a rifleman. When the shit hits a fan, everyone's a rifleman. It doesn't matter if you're a cook, a clerk... Or if you're a supply guy. Bullets don't go, oh, well, we don't want to shoot you because you just count fucking MRE stacks. That mortar just doesn't miss your compound. So, of course... George Tataki, Donald, with your ban on trans people from the military, you're on notice that you just pissed off the wrong community. You will regret it because that 0.07% of the country is not going to vote for him now. That's the implication. The 0.07% of the country wasn't voting for him to begin with. Neither was the 53 to 7% of the country that's gay. They didn't vote for him the first time. They weren't formed for in 2020. They don't vote for Republicans, so I don't get it. But Chelsea Manning decided to run his suck. And for that, we're going to do a little background music. So he decided to tweet, So, biggest, baddest, most expensive military because you put dollar signs on earth cries about a few trans people with a cry emoji but funds the F-35 with a straight face emoji sounds like a cowardice sunglass emoji with hearts gay flag rainbow hashtag we got this and I could make fun of it but I'm going to let the internet do this for me here is his tweets plausibly but is cowardice in the face of the enemy who is the enemy he asked doc washburn well you for starters slin when you betray your country you become the enemy then kaiser so chelsea manning and edward snowden are traitors tell me again how exposing government crimes is treason <laughs> another one not government crimes government secrets they were whist- they weren't whistleblowers there is a difference Government secrets like intentional bombing reporters and civilians with their tax money and the Fourth Amendment right to be violated. People just start fucking going back and forth on this thread. One Tomahawk cruise missile, 1.6 million, a transgender procedure, 25,000. That's bullshit, but go ahead. The military is a place for war, not unnecessary surgeries. Yeah, you tell them the military's a place for unnecessary wars. Well, what about, what? should happen let ISIS win let North Korean create nudes the military's useful should be used for wars not catering to people's desires defense the military's for defense department of defense not offense fuck knuckle not proxy wars used to be called the department of war indeed and there's a reason it was changed Chelsea you give me strength and you inspire me who has got a unicorn for her avatar or his or whatever you're both so precious i'd like to be clear our military does not have the most money and spends most all the money it spends puts us farther in debt absolutely i'm vindicating the cost of one military jet can house every homeless person in america still saddens me you served in the same army i did me too who tweeted that oh that was me Somebody actually freaking liked my tweet. I got a bunch of likes. I had 10 likes. I didn't even go back to this. Still sad to be a of the army, I did. Traitor. Yeah. Ah, salutes. Understood. Intermittent bunnies incoming. Uh, and what have you done? Bradley Manning did nothing but traitor's actions while in the military. He, she isn't a hero. Uh, well, the F-35 is not it. You have more courage in a pinky nail than he does in his entire blob. Courage for what? Being a traitor? And this just goes on. I'm not going to read it anymore. We'll stop the music. We'll stop the music. So the banner, st- you know, the banner carrier for the freaking transgender movement, Chelsea Manning, a fucking traitor. That's what you're going to find out of our media. The Hill. The Army spends ten times more money on erectile dysfunction than they spend on transgender operations that was their big contribution last night and most of the media was the same way they were all in that this was just it was just like jim crow laws now that we're not going to give people free surgeries another argument from the other side which i kind of agree with we have all sorts of people that come into the army because they just want to have free college they serve they get the free college they get the fuck out Now you're going to have people just coming in to get the government to change their hoo-hoo into a chinga. And is that really what we want? On a personal level, do you really want to pay for other people's shit? I feel like a girl today. Chop off my penis. You're paying for it. Is that what we're supposed to do? I know the far-left progressive moon bats think that, but is that what we should be doing? It is our responsibility. I mean, I I just don't know where these people get this idea that it's our responsibility to pay for people's abortion because they can't be fucking mature enough to use birth control, and I need to pay for somebody's mental issue because they feel like they're a woman, but they might go back. Do I have to pay for both operations? Seriously. And who the fuck came up with $25,000? They don't cost you 25. A back surgery. Spinal fusion. Three to five. I had it. I saw the bill, Moonbats. $70,000. My guess is getting your penis made into a canoe so it could look like labia probably costs more than $70,000. It's just a guess. I'm not an expert on this, but I'm sure it's just not a little outpatient surgery. It's probably a little bit more extensive when we have to reroute urinary tracts to come out your fake vagina that they made out of fucking face and ass skin. I mean, seriously, I don't know where they get the skin from. I don't really want to know, to be quite honest. One article I did find by Walt Hare, the guy we love. I was once transgender. Why I think Trump made the right decision for the military. He is the author of sexchangeregret.com. And his blog, Walt Heyer.com, Hayer raises public awareness about those who regret gender change and tragic consequences. On Wednesday, Trump tweeted, blah, blah, blah. I think he made the right decision, and I, someone who lived as a trans female for several years, I should know. When I discovered Congress voted earlier this month to not block funding for transgender-related hormone therapies and sex change surgeries, I wondered if it considered how devastating this will be to fitness readiness and the morale of our combat-ready troops. Um... They talked about the whole things. Perhaps they had forgotten that our military was forged to be the world's strongest fighting force. Not a government-funded, politically correct medical sex change clinic for people with gender dysphoria. This is a guy who did it. He's saying the same words I'm saying. What the hell is that about? Gender dysphoria, the common diagnosis for one who feels at odds with his or her birth gender, develops from prolonged anxiety and depression and people that are not born that way or they feel that. The proof for a diagnosis of gender dysphoria is having strong held feelings, but feeling feelings can and often do change over time. The military is expected to prepare its members in warfare to kill, destroy, and break our enemies. The more most important factors preparing a strong military are not hormone therapy, surgical sex changes, or political correct education. And the article goes on. He even goes into costly but not effective. And listen to this, moon bats. It's just not me. Transitioning can be expensive, up to 130000 per person. Not 25, like all the moon bats somehow pulled out of their ass last night on Twitter. 40% commit suicide, attempt to commit suicide, 60% of this diverse population suffer from co-existing mental disorders. Failed sex change surgeries are not uncommon and will drive up the cost to care for military transgender population above the projected 3 to 4 billion 10-year cost. Yeah. That's um pretty bad pretty bad pretty bad that was on the daily signal for those who were wondering where that came from it didn't come from some right wing blog additionally in shit that pissed people off this week uh, Michael Phelps fake actually fake raced a doggone great white shark and somehow that is the same as this the same outrage is <laughs> the same same outrage. And lastly, Kushner spoke. I'm not going to play any of it, but journos were doing this. Jared Kushner is not wearing a flag pin. That was another thing that got people fired up this week. The people that don't like the flag and think the flag is now racist because Donald Trump is president. We're upset that somebody they hate and think is Russian, not worked with Russia, he is Russian, wasn't wearing a flight pin. That was that was big news this week. We'll go into a soundbite as we go into close the loop. This is Maxine Waters and Tucker and their little fight, because Tucker said something pretty interesting, and that I question all the time for Nancy Pelosi. Harry Reid, Dianne Feinstein, McConnell, Boehner, all these public servants who are millionaires.
2: How'd you get that way? A couple weeks ago, we asked a pretty obvious question on the show. How did Maxine Waters, a Democratic congressman, get so rich? Waters has held elected office for pretty much continuously 40 years. She represents one of the poorest districts in California. Yet somehow she lives in a $4.3 million mansion in one of the richest and whitest neighborhoods in L.A., which, by the way, is not even in her own district. Now, we're not alleging wrongdoing here, but really, how did that happen? The New York Times talked to Waters recently, and here's how she responded to this show in our question. Quoting now, I own several properties. The way he, me, talked about it is, what right does an African-American woman have to do well? He doesn't know anything about my investments, about the house that I've lived in for 25, 30 years, This idea of how could she afford that is racist, and I just dismiss it. In other words, we're bigots for asking the question. You surprised? What else was she going to say? By the way, it doesn't look like she's lived in that house for 25 or 30 years. Real estate records suggest she just bought it 13 years ago and has spent an awful lot since to remodel it. So again, where'd the money come from? Maybe she borrowed it from relatives. Since 2006, Waters has paid her own daughter $600,000 from campaign funds. Then there's her husband, who was once a director of One United Bank. Never heard of it? Well, in 2008, One United Bank got a $12 million tax bailout after Waters encouraged the Treasury Department to take up the case. At the time, she did not disclose that her husband had worked there or that she still had stock holdings in that bank. Maybe those are the investments she mentioned. Or maybe she was referring to the more than $1 million the L.A. Times report ...that her family has made by doing business with companies and people she's helped in Congress. By the way, that was almost 20 years ago. Now, some people think all this is a little unseemly, if not criminal, One Liberal Group ranked Waters as among the most corrupt members of Congress. We are withholding judgment on that, despite the Congresswoman's name-calling, but we really would like a real answer. We've asked Waters to appear on this show... M-
1: Our old Canada Thrift Saving Program For Terrorists Which I don't think is close to lyrics But they're doing a Thrift Savings Program up there for terrorists And Chris Hayes The dude that wants to be Maddo Or looks like Maddo And I think he's transgender, she's transgender But they're both gay and I don't fucking know what either one is And every time I watch I don't know Which one I'm looking at Okay that was mean but that's how I feel about it This is unseemly in my humble opinion. Justin Trudeau. Why can't he be our president? How the Trump administration is destroying the APA. Khalid, the lonely rise of a teen prodigy. Foo Fighters, fight back. Arcade Fire. Yeah, you did the math on that. That's the Rolling Stones. With a picture him of him on front and a huge article. How fucking awesome he is. What side... Are you on progressives and media? Are you on American side? I mean, seriously, are you on America's side? Are you on the terrorist side? I want to know. Because I question this all the time. I think you feel sorry for the terrorists because now we're putting scunion on that ass. I'm sure some journalists died in 9-11. I'm pretty sure some did, folks. PC going amok. barred officials withhold crime surveillance tape for fear of racial stereotyping. Literally gangs. 30 African American youth bandana gangs going on, beating people up and stealing their shit. And you're worrying about racial stereotyping. I don't think it's stereotyping to tell the people, hey, see, if you see a gang of 30 black kids running at you, get off the fucking train. Kind of a heads up. It was probably no different than back in the eighteen hundred. If you see the gang that's running around with these red bandanas on their face and they got paint horses, get off the train. Of course, we weren't so stupid and we didn't worry about racial stereotyping. That's really not racial stereotyping. That is crime stereotyping. ESPN ran a nine hour long sports center broadcast during the day. Nickelodeon mutton stuff running at nine thirty a.m. AM tripled the entire ESPN airing. Teletubbies beat ESPN nine hour broadcast. Their doggone ratings are in the tank now. Right in the tank. But it, but it's summer. Gonna play some sound bites. Abortion. Walmart dead immigrants. Shootings in America. CNN reporter. New York Times right down the middle. Listen to how the media is still covering these subjects we've covered.
0: In May, nearly a dozen protesters were arrested for blocking patients' access to the clinic. Storm says they plan to be peaceful this time. Well,
1: there's certainly not going to be any violence on anybody on our side.
0: One of their activists told me that they don't espouse violence. Do you believe that? No. Anna Hola has been the clinic's director for 17 years. How do you feel about being a target? It's offensive because these
1: people outside believe that they have monopoly over God, and they don't understand that he is in here, too. God is everywhere. You know, those people outside aren't the only Christians in the world.
2: I would just say it, it's good that he's giving an interview to a, uh, you know, down-the-middle, unbiased uh, publication like the New York Times. They mind
1: <laughs> Holy shit, Batman. Two of my files were trash, so... Of course, um, what I what you missed was NBC gave uh, the Walmart some activists for immigration said it's the, it is the climate we're in right now that makes people die like this because of Donald Trump people got smug on the back of a Walmart truck and died. That's basically their implication. The MSDNC soundbite was the usual that only black people are getting shot by police. Only black people. The majority are black people. And we've proven on the show about a billion times that is not close to true. The majority of people getting shot by cops are white. If you statistically take their demographic and the population percentage, then you can state that claim. But the the sheer numbers towering over how many black people are shot are white people. The climate top Indian official refutes claim that Al Gore sealed India's inclusion of the Paris deal. He said that in the second movie that's coming up. And it's a lie. It's not true. But within this, they're pretty much showing you that, um, if you really want to save the planet, get rid of washers, dryers, uh, modern implac, high, high, uh, energy efficient, appliances, recycling, things like that only moderate, but what you need to do is only go electric car, only use solar, don't fly, ride a bike and push your baby while you're riding a bike somehow in a baby stroller. That's actually what the picture shows, which is pretty scary and it's just a another thing going down the road of don't have babies. Fucking old people need to die. You know, the one thing I haven't heard, which really surprises me, is everybody turned transgender. Because if you're gay or transgender, you won't procreate. And somewhere down the road, somebody's going to say that, if people were more like the LGTB community and they didn't procreate, this planet would be better off. That's, that's coming to a theater near you. I just want to tell you, the listeners, after a near record 270 days, Mammoth Mountain snow season is coming to a close in California. It's fucking the end of July and skiing has just stopped in parts of the country. So this global warming climate change, whatever the fuck they're calling it, I, I'm confused. If it's so dire, how are fucking people skiing in July? The new Dem motto, Ashley Killow." Dem's about to roll out their economics agenda at a press event here in Berryville. Protesters quietly hold signs targeting Senator Mark Warner, who's on stage Dem economic agenda. Protesters poke fun at Dem's slogan, better deal, better jobs, better wages, better future, which critics have linked to Papa John. Chuck Schumer tweeted, Democrats have a clear message. The American people deserve a hashtag, a better deal. The persistence. Democrats choose illegal aliens over struggling American. The American people are woke. The Democratic Party is anti-American. During the rollout, same old people, same people in a photo op, sleeves rolled up to a place they've never been. This is the best the crew, the Dems, could come up with for the big rebranding campaign. Same people, same old message. Okay, everyone roll up your sleeves as we try to pass ourselves off as normal people. They look like the staff of a used car dealership, who just filed for bankruptcy. <laughs> Wake up each day and say a little prayer, thanking God these clowns are not in charge of anything relevant. Majority of those comments came from Democrats, friends, not Republicans. It was such a farce. And the media played it like it was a great deal. But let's just do the math. The Republicans could roll out some stupid shit like that. They'd have fucking pundits lined up to dog the shit. Well, they're saying this, but they really won't. But the key thing in there, and it's really taking traction online, almost like the left with talking points, if you want a legal alien, you don't want a better deal. You're paying illegal aliens benefits; they're going to get preferential treatment for jobs in most states that are sanctuary cities. I mean, if you want just un unvetted immigration, you will never improve jobs in America. You will never improve the price or the wages people get. Oh, keep going now. To the DNC link, Pakistani-born Erwan, Erwan Awan, longtime right-hand IT aide to the former Democratic National Committee chairman, has since desperately tried to get a hard drive back, and an individual who FBI investigators interviewed in the case told Daily Caller News Foundation Investigation Group, an additional source of Congress with direct knowledge of the case speaking in condition and anonymity because of the sensitivity of the probe, confirmed that the FBI has joined the Politico- what Politico previously described as Capitol Police crime probe, serious potential illegal violations on the House IT network by Imrom, who worked for Demi Wasserman Schultz. By the time I got here, this has now been up. FBI seized smash hard drives from Wasserman Schultz IT at home, and by yesterday, they had arrested him. On bank fraud charges, which were just charges to keep him in the country because he was trying to go back to India. My friends, media not covering this, but that's huge. Something's up there. They're trying to get these smashed hard drives. There's stuff in there. It'll probably never see the light of day like it would if it was about Trump. Trump. But we'll learn some more interesting things that were going on during the campaign to get Madam Secretary elected. Additionally, on the same meme, before we go into more John McCain bashing, he wants to run again. He's talking about running for president again, and I think that's just fantastic. Run again, Bernie. See how far you get, because you won't make it. There was a bunch of people dogging it, but, and they were lefties, but I got to start John McCain with an NBC soundbite. And I want you just to think for, okay, progressives out there that are listening, step out of your political bubble. Tell me you would ever hear this for a lefty. This is what NBC Nightly News did when John McCain came back after his diagnosis to vote just to discuss. The Obamacare appeal, which he did not vote for. He voted against, so it failed in the House, or in the Senate, excuse me. Tell me you've ever heard this for a Democrat. And
0: it's that vote to start debate that has his critics condemning the senator's cross-country trip with reaction online like McCain came back to the Senate to take away from his own constituents the kind of health care that's keeping him alive. Protests at the Capitol.
2: Still, McCain's move met by resistance. Protesters attacking his vote is an effort to take health care away from millions of Americans,
1: just as he benefits from first-class care. Yeah, using the hate of the left against him. Now, I want you to remember: this guy was hated when he ran for president, and then loved when he supported Obama. Loved when he spoke out against Trump. Loved. All the time about Trump, they use him as a sort. Well, John McCain even says Trump's fucked up. But the na- NBC, the National Broadcasting Company, hating on McCain using tweets off the internet and protesters' comments when he was he was voting the way they wanted him to vote. He was voting like the lefty that he is. David Korn, will cancer-stricken John McCain help a draft dodger who called him a loser take health care for millions? Then this will be his legacy. That's a veiled, I hope you die. Oh, well, there goes McCain's status as Warho. There were quite a few grudgingly supportive tweets out there, like this one from New York Times, Mark Kristoff, which pretty much set the template for those appearing to be objective, which I didn't cover. I great- oh, here it is. I greatly admire John McCain, but I'm disappointed that his benefits from First Health Care. He votes to deprive others of insurance. Shannon Watts. John McCain left the hospital, stay paid by taxes on flight, paid by taxes, remove healthcare insurance for taxpayers, and we paid him to do it. Yeah. Fuck John McCain, and fuck everyone who ever went on and on about how honorable a decent person he was. Fuck John McCain! Fuck John McCain! Fuck John McCain. John McCain deserves his legacy to be denying the same health care that is keeping him alive for tens of million American. David Frum. In the movies, John McCain hauls himself from a sick bed, delivers a big speech, then votes no. This isn't the movies. I tweeted back to that douche. In the movies, journalists are honorable. Clearly you don't you're not in that movie. Carissa Kabas, John McCain is a terrible American. Someone tell me more about what a decent man full of integrity John McCain is. I never tire of hearing this fucking fairy tale. Ashley Feinberg, I would hope that everyone learned to stop fetishizing John McCain, but of course no one has. Lev Lovak John McCain should have died when he had the chance. Sean T. Collins, the world would be better place if McCain, died in Vietnam. Chelsea Marie, liberals, we are the people of tolerance and rationality. Also, liberals. John McCain needs to fucking die. David Elric. John McCain is a fucking coward, and his history will remember him as a fucking coward. One of the most vile, selfish acts in modern U.S. history. But the fa- my favorite through all of it, Sean T. Collins again. He voted to kill me today. <laughs> i had to get a drink on that laugh (laughs) whole articles about how john mccain's a bad guy and people tweeted back to these articles when politics is your religion Gosh, you know, before Obama, there was no health care, food stamps, welfare checks, housing assistance, tuition grants, nothing. Hail Obama! Remember the dark days before the ACA when literally everyone was dead? (laughs) Not a single living soul until the government health insurance. Somebody tweeted. Ben Shapiro. The left's hatred for a war hero, John McCain, contrasts rather poorly... With their love for the left left a woman to die in a river Ted Kennedy. And I thought that was just perfect. It was perfect because when Ted Kennedy came out of his deathbed to vote for the ACA. He was the lion of the Senate. John McCain who voted against it was still lambasted. Because he voted to discuss it. But he voted against the bill. He didn't vote for repeal. And he's still a piece of shit. Patrick S. Tomlinson, some liberal pundit. I'm paying for that old fuck to get the best treatment in his final days, so there's no chance he shares the fate he condemned others to. Do people understand health insurance is not health care? They're equating it like John McCain went in the Senate and removed hospitals all over the country. All over the country. I would play Samuel L. Jackson. What's the point? This is expected out of people. The people that always scream about tolerance are the most intolerant people on the planet. It's either their way, or oh, go fuck yourself. So, let's move on in to Linda Sasa, proved she's an unhinged murderer apologist by The Federalist, with a little soundbite.
2: We come to the U.S., 22 states with anti-sharia bills trying to ban us from practicing our faith. Mosque oppositions, we're fighting, bo- you know, zoning boards across the country. He right.
0: so I really want to know under what circumstances it's acceptable to say That I wish I could take their vaginas away. They don't deserve to be women. And just to give that context, that's one of your tweets off your Twitter. So let's give some context here because you know we have uh, this is an event organized by an Asian American, right? Let's just get some. Let's get some context to this. What's going on here? Celebrating a community, right? talking about communities of color who are being directly <clears throat> impacted at this moment. And I have a young white man in the back who is not directly impacted by any of the issues that I mentioned.
1: You can see Those are just a couple sound bites. If you Google Linda Sasser, Sarser, whatever, YouTube will produce nothing but evil. And I found this article. Linda Sarsour proves she's an unhinged murderer apologist. Activist Linda Sarsour's resume, Tapper's condemnate condemnation of her, and their subsequent Twitter exchange illustrate the extent to which the darling of the progressive left and her followers are unhinged. When Jake Tapper, CNN chief Washington correspondent slammed Linda Sarsour and other progressive leaders of the anti-Trump woman's march for honoring... Convicted cop killer, Asadish Shakur, Sasa proceeded to dismiss Tapper as an alt-right, just like she did in that video, which is why I played it. Oh, he's a white guy. So I don't have to answer your question. I justify my actions that are evil by saying you're a bad person that I don't even have to give time to. Of all the possible ways to describe Tapper, alt-right is not one. Tapper is one of the President Trump's most vocal critics, and he's Jewish. Someone should tell Sarsour this would likely disqualify him from membership in any white supremacist group. But Sarsour's resume, Tapper's condemnation of her, and their subsequent titter exchange illustrate the extent to which this darling of the progressive left and their progressive left followers are unhinged. This murderer is so awesome, guys. Shakur is a felon convicted in 77 for murdering a New Jersey police officer, assaulting another police officer, and bank robbery. In 79, she escaped prison and fled to Cuba. She remains on the FBI's most wanted terrorist list to this day. Saucera's idolizing of Shakur follows on the heels of her presentation at the 54th Annual Convention of the Islamic Society of North America, where she called on Muslims to commit jihad against the American government. I hope that we, I'm 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 not going to read it, we've already covered it, but... It's jihad, and it's definition, because there's only one definition. In an interview soon after with the Washington Post, Sarsar was clear to clarify that her speech at the ISNA was advocating solely for peaceful, nonviolent dissent, and that her call for jihad only meant the use of the word. In a later op-ed for publication, Sarsour doubled down on her claim that she was only calling for nonviolent. Yeah, and the swastika is just a Tibetan good luck charm as a late comedian, Robert Williams, so eloquently put it. Salsa began her ISNA presentation by thanking her favorite person in the room, Imam Sarah Wahaj, praising him as her mentor, motivator, and encouraging Wahaj, an unindicted co-conspirator in the 93 World Trade Center bombing. He has called for violent jihad and replacing the U.S. government with an Islamic caliphate. Sosa's mentor has also denounced homosexuality as a disease of this American society, noting that the penalty for homosexuality under Islamic law is death. But this doesn't seem right. How could some how can such a self-declared progressive proponent of social justice have such a violent homophobic bigot for a mentor? Maybe ISNA can shed some light on this glaring contradiction. Federal prosecutors have said that ISNA is part of the US Muslim Brotherhood Network, set up to funnel money to the terrorist group Hamas. ISNA conferences have long featured radical Islamist, anti-Semites, Holocaust deniers, and homophobes as keynote speakers. An exclusive video from PJ Media shows al-Qaeda cleric Anwar al-Awaki just days before the 9-11 terror attacks lecturing on tolerance at that year's ISNA convention. At this year's ISNA convention, a pro-LGBT and feminist Muslim organization was expelled from tabling. Muslims for Progressive Values, whose pamphlets advocates for LGBT and women's equality within Islam, drew the ire of ultra-Orthodox attendees, resulting in ISNA staff asking MPV to close shop and vacate the venue. Really sick and tired of hypocrisy of the ISNA, claiming to be LGBT allies, they're only an ally when the camera's on. Strangely, Sarsara hasn't uttered one word of protest, despite vocally leading a national march and movement against what the resistance called President Trump's anti-LGBT regime. But to be fair, she may have been too busy swindling Jewish cemeteries out of their money. Back in March, an organization connected to Sarsara pledged $100,000 to connect Conduct necessary repairs at Colorado Judas Jewish Cemetery. The money has yet to arrive. The ever so peaceful nonviolent saucy has called for genital mutilation of women who disagree with her. In 2011, her self-described progressive feminist tweeted against Ayan Hersia Ali and Bridget Gabriel, an Arab Christian survivor of the Lebanese Civil War, saying they did not deserve to be women and that she wanted to take away their vaginas. This is especially vile considering that Ali was a victim of female, gentle mutilation as a five-year-old in Somalia. When a student confronted Sarsar about the tweet, she attacked him for being a white man. That's why I played it. Sarsar's latest Twitter argument confirms that she doesn't really care about racial equality, LGBT rights, or the rights of women for all her screeching at critics to check their privilege. A better idea would be for Sarsar to check her gigantic ego at the door. Another article by Bradley Martin from Algamer. Once again, Linda Sarsour hails terrorists and murders. They go through the Jake Tapper, alt-right, da-da-da-da-da. Shakur's a feminine, most FBI wanted lists. Sassar's idolizing Shakur follows on the heels of a presentation at the ISNA. We already covered this. I should have checked this out. I'm so sorry. It's just a repeat with a little changes here and there. National Review. The Jihad loving left loves Linda Sassar by Ben Shapiro. Obama, Sanders, and other leading Democrats make common cause with radical apologists for terrorism because Trump. Last week, Women's March organizer and leftist darling Linda Sarsour spoke before the ISNA. and um, In fact, Sarsour let off her speech by paying tribute to Sarah Iwajar, favorite person in the room. I'm trying to get to the parts that are different because he covers a different thing. I really suck today, big time. While well, she complains in pages of the Washington Post about attacks from xenophobes and conservative media... She was far more explicit on Twitter about her perceived enemies. White supremacists and right-wing Zionists, whom she said were even paying moderate Muslims who oppose Saucer's radicalism. Zionist is the ultimate insult in Saucer's Pantheon. She has stated in the past that Zionists cannot be feminists. She has also stated that anti-radical Islamic activists such as Ayi Harshi, blah, 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 we should have their vaginas removed. Sossauer is a big fan, however, of Saudi Arabian maternity leave policies, even if the women aren't allowed to drive. The group before which Sossauer was speaking, ISNA, has its own issue. ISNA is part of the Muslim Brotherhood um, and was listed as an unindicted co-spirit in 2007 Holy Land Foundation terror funding trial. ISNA actually shared an address with the Holy Land Foundation. One of the founders, Sam Al-Areen, who think, would later be de- deported to Turkey thanks to this his aid to terrorist groups. For years, the head of the ISNA Political Awareness Committee was Abdurmama Al-Modi, who would be convicted on terror charges. Suffice it to say that neither Sarsour nor ISNA has a clean record with regard to jihad. And then I find this, a whole PDF, on Linda Sarsour. And within it, the investigation project on terrorist Linda Sossauer. It goes into who she's doing, downplaying terrorist attacks, countermeasure measures, use it of informants. Underwear bomber was a CAA all along. Why did I already know that? Shame on us scaring the American people. The Patriot Act is not going to be reauthorized as part of our job creation bill with no open debate or opportunity amendment. Looking at cases of Fadad Hashimi, Ahanfi, Asadiki, Sariya, Matana, there are things that are happening every day in our community. I mean, when was the last time that you can give me an example of a potential quote-unquote terrorist who came out of specifically from the MSA in the recent years and someone that came out of the particular mosque that was on the list, those surveilled by the NYPD? And the other things I wanted to refer to was one case that's not highlighted, which is Sirah Mateen case in Brooklyn, a young Pakistani young man who is in serving more than a life in prison because of not because of of a not an F- FBI agent, but a NYPD intel phishing expedition that included an informant, a Muslim informant. The NYPD continues to boast that they have foiled 14 terror plots based on this investigation. We obviously think that is absolutely false. And the other example I'll give you is also in, is the case that they have supposedly foiled. We believe many of those cases are entrapment cases. We believe that the NYPD entrapped people. These are her quotes. Referring to NYPD informants. They think we don't know, but we know who they are. As so this informant was sent into our community, so what he did was he started hanging out at his bookstore and befriended his young man, his friend, and obviously you know, similar to the Cyrus Cyprus, explained to you how they kind of they create the they create these props put them in the hands of these young people, many of them who really can't, don't have the capacity to think for themselves, and criminalize our young men in our community. Can you believe she said that? If you are instilling fear into people and you are not allowing people to live a comfortable life, where everywhere they go into the mosque and they look at the person next to them and they say, is this an informant, is that an informant, the fact that they have these thoughts in their mind is really not fair to this community. Sassar called on Occupy Wall Street supporting to stand up and say no. Stop spying and harassing and intimidating the Muslim community. Today we are here to tell Commissioner Kelly and Chief NYPD Spokesperson Paula Brown that they need to go. Enough's enough. The third jihad is clearly a propaganda anti-Muslim film. It's overtly dramatic piecing together things out of context and threading it together to make this very false narrative about a Muslim American's. Um, well, the way that works in our country right now is that there's a law, then there's a national security. So anything in the name of national security, every law goes out the window. So yes, the FBI is, if not the same, worse than the NYPD. Asserting conspiracy theories and claim the U.S. is facilitating war on Islam and Muslims. It's not just the Department of Defense. It's not just the military. It's everywhere from showing a movie like the third jihad to 1500 New York City police officers to training. FBI agents that Muslims are easily radicalized to become terrorists. Islamophobic lessons taught to the U.S. military and law enforcement personnel have further damaged national security. There's already a deficit of trust between the community and law enforcement. We're basically confirming that al-Qaeda is telling Muslims across the world, our government should be up in arms to know that this is happening, particularly the Department of Defense, in a very fragile time in the Middle East. Islamophobia has happened throughout the history of our country. Our country was based on, you know, genocide, based on slavery, racial profiling, and existed for centuries. As a matter of fact, the chief bodyguard of Malcolm X was an NYPD informant. And I want to give you some examples that really give me a hard time to put a good face to the American government, which includes infiltration of mosques, which have been issues for us and our community. But racism against blacks in the United States is completely different from intolerance against Muslims, as to talk or display racism against blacks is unacceptable in public United States, even if it's secret. But unfortunately, intolerance against Muslims is totally acceptable and promoted by the media through the statements of American presidential candidates, some of which bear hatred of Islam and Muslims. In general, I'm not surprised by these events after listening to the public movements hostile to Muslims in Congress and against Islamic rituals, which generated general, generated an increased hatred and intolerance against Muslims. But it is serious to find ordinary people who have nothing to do with religion or politics practice blind bigotry against Muslims. How come in the U.S. when a non-Muslim man is killing his wife or daughter, we call it a crime, but when it happens in a Muslim family, it's an honor killing? Because it is an honor killing. And I think right now in this country, there's a war on women. There's a war on immigrants. There's a war on people of color. War on our civil liberties. War on all morals. An idea that our country was not necessarily founded on. But what we were supposed to be as a country. But because we stand up against the NYPD and FBI and those who are oppressing our communities, we are then criminalized. We are then the radicals, right? And what that we say to our youth is that, you know what? It's okay to be radical. That's not a bad thing. And this goes on and on. Every quote she's ever stated. And when you read the whole thing, which I won't because it goes on for 20 pages. This is the investigative project on terrorism. This woman is worse than I thought she was. She's way worse than I ever thought she was. I I am just shocked when you actually read it. The media loves this lady. She is worse. I used to just call her a Muslim sympathizer. But I think it goes deeper. And that's why I covered it again. I, I found that and was just shocked, as you can tell, by the chewed up segment. Because I just want to get to that PDF. I could read for another hour her direct quotes. And I still want to know why she calls it our country. If you're calling jihad on our country, you're not for this country. To a music break and an interesting article from the New York Times public editors on the bias of the New York Times.
0: Welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast with
1: Tony Reid. Interesting article for MRC. Is the New York Times a liberal newspaper? Former New York Times public editors confront the question. This is from July 21st, by Clay Waters. The New York Times shut down their public editor position last May. The position of an outsider to monitor the paper's integrity and respond to readers' complaints was established in 2003 in the wake of the mortifying scandal involving reporter Jason Blair, whose string of phony stories and bylines pointed to lax supervision and editorial standards at the paper. Andy Robinson talked to all six former public editors on the New York Times for the Columbia Journalism Review in a long piece posted on Thursday. Among the questions about anonymous sourcing and testy newsroom relations, Robinson resurfaced one that conservatives have a ready answer for Is the Times a liberal newspaper? Here's a story of the Times public editor as told by six men and women who held one of the most challenging jobs in American journalism. Robinson cited a Gallup poll showing trust in the news media has fallen to a new low with about 32% of Americans saying they have a great deal or fair amount of trust. President Trump, of course, has ridden and fanned the waves of anti-media sentiment. Robinson confronted each of the former public editors with a question from the best known column by Daniel Okrent, the paper's first public editor in 2004. Okrent penned, is the Times a liberal newspaper? His opening line, of course it is. Okrent seemed to regret his headline now, telling CJR, I regretted I handed a weapon to people who used it unfairly. I mean, it's been used over and over and over again. Without that, the, I believe, if not subtly, complexity of the point that I was making. Meanwhile, author Brisbane cited, cited around the issue of reported Porter bias, chalking any slant up to city living. It's a staff of New Yorkers. These are people who mostly live in the New York metropolitan area. They're highly educated, and most of them are Eastern Seaboard products from a kind of worldview and life experience point of view and come from from that world. Donald Trump just kicked in the butt, and they were not conscious themselves of the fact because people like you don't get it, how the world sees you. You get what you see, and it looks correct to you. Robinson quoted O'Crent, who had a similar observation. I began to realize, you know, this is a cultural issue. What's normative to a possibly Ivy League-educated New York-dwelling upper-middle-income journalist? What's normative to the person is not normative to an air conditioner repairman until Topeka. It's a cultural matter more than a political matter. Got an amazing response to that, ferociously negative response, but also very gratifying positive response. For most gratifying positive response was from people on the left, from Democrats, including one member of the U.S. Senate who said, if I ever quoted him, he would deny it. The fifth public editor, Margaret Sullivan, wondered what was up with the Hillary Clinton beat established all the way back in 2013. I did think that it was somewhat inappropriate to have someone reporting on Hillary Clinton as a beat. It was supposed to be about the Clintons, but it really was about Hillary Clinton, well before she even entered the race. As I think I said in the piece, the words coronation starts to come to mind. Not to say that the coverage was all positive, but to some extent it was giving her a tremendous amount of attention and also sent the message that the Times had already decided that she would be the Democratic nominee. Then when Sanders' campaign comes along and the Times was especially at first not taking it very seriously and in fact in some cases writing about it rather despairingly that combined with the fact that hillary clinton had been getting this coverage all along newsbusters documented that beat it bernie's treatment of sanders at the time a later defended the paper for accusations of purposeful liberal agenda the biggest misconception is the belief that there's an agenda there isn't it's so hard to have an agenda in a newspaper a newspaper comes up by accident almost the belief that there are orders being given, there are being followed, that the editorial positions has, has expressed on the editorial page is determinative for what kind of coverage is in the newspaper. That is all wrong. It's simply untrue, and without being there there now, I'm sure it is as untrue today as it was then. Having said all that, I wish they didn't have an editorial page. <clears throat> the paper's last public editor, Liz Spade, was ferociously critiqued after bursting through the liberal bubble and appearing on Tucker Carlson's program on Fox News. Tucker Carlson, host of Fox News, primetime news talk show, Tucker Carlson Tonight, typically brings someone on the program that he can clash with. Spade decided to go on the network, much to the surprise of viewers who later went to Twitter to voice their outrage. Their qualms included questions like, Why would a Times journalist go on Fox News of all places? How could she agree with Tucker Carlson on anything? In the interview, Carlson raised the issue of Times reporters claiming objectivity in their hard news reporting and then on Twitter making anti-Trump statements. She agreed with Carlson. The Times has sent memos to staff regarding Twitter behavior in the past saying you are a Times journalist and your online behavior should be appropriate for a Times journalist. Robinson quoted Spade on her Tucker experience. I'm completely comfortable with my decision to go on Tucker. I know who Tucker is. I didn't just sort of wander out there without knowing. I decided to go on because it doesn't, does matter to me to get outside the liberal echo chamber. I know who this, his audience is, and I wanted to speak to the audience about the New York Times. After the election, Spade noted reader complaints from liberals about the paper's reassuring liberal bubble. I think that there may be some who misconstrue that these were conservatives writing and complaining. These were mostly Clinton backers writing in to complain that the times did not prepare them for the day that they woke up to Donald Trump as president. And also a lot of complaints that people felt like they were not really sufficiently shown the world outside a cellar corridor, which I completely understand. It felt like they are accurate on that. You know, I cover this because I think it's very important. I don't think a lot of you out there in the flyover states understand the New York Times sets the tone for the rest of the news media. Most of their articles and the Washington Post articles are the stories of the day. They go out to everywhere. They're covered They're mimicked. They're reported on MSDNC, NBC Nightly News. And to say... Right now, there's no liberal bent, liberal talking points. The editorial page is not full 100% all the time anti-Trump. You know... That would be a lie. As those who might may not have followed the show, I had a subscription, and every day, it was just like going to WAPO. You could list the editorial page, and it was all anti-Trump, 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 end of days, end of days, end of days. Every person on the New York Times staff, Glenn Thrush, Jeremy Peters, Charles Blow. All these people are decidedly far left Lip Krugman. We we had a whole section during the election on Krugman watching him melt down. And it's disturbing to me. I was in a Starbucks the other day and I picked up the New York Times. Because all they sell in Starbucks, because it's a liberal organization, is the USA Today and the New York Times. Those are the two papers. And the covers read like HuffPo. Everything was negative. As it always is. As I made the case numerous times, almost every episode, I'm making the case about liberal bias because that's my shtick. Abu Ghraib, above the fold, for over a hundred days. IRS scandal. Clinton server scandal. Deborah Wasserman Schultz smashed hard drives dudes going to jail scandals. And segment three, which I'm going to transition to right now, court docs show opposition firms attempt to shop fake Trump dossier to multiple news outlets. This is the Fusion GPS scandal. and liberal organization shopping fake news. I'm about to read this. I want to ask you, why was this never known? If this was a fake dossier for Hillary Clinton, it would have been on the front cover of the Times. Indulge us in a flashback, if you will. It's January 10th. The Donald Trump impeding inauguration has already driven liberal celebrities to lobby individual members of the Electoral College by names in search of just a few heroes will flip their votes and save the country. Suddenly, there are rumblings of something big breaking. According to CNN, it seems like the Russians have material which they can blackmail Trump. The New York Times' Charles Blow asked how the nation can possibly go on with an inauguration until this is sorted out. Everyone agrees. This seems big. Really big. It wasn't much later that we learned the blackmail material was the infamous Russian dossier with the salacious stories of Russian prostitutes. Not only that... Journalists began to share how they all been shopped the same material but had to pass because it couldn't be sourced. Molly. So this big news is literally just the same dump that was attempted via Mother Jones in October. This is from 10 January. Um, Obviously, they were shopping this all over town before election. Nobody but David Korn and Intel chiefs bought it. Washington Post, word of caution, documents behind the Trump-Russia thing being circulated for a while, yet to find anyone into Saps to substantiate it. New York Times, Kenneth P. Vogel, we chased Ritz-Carlson's story in September, but we were skeptical about the golden shower bit, which seems too icky for germaphobe like Trump. This is all January 10th. January 10th. Why wasn't this news? Why didn't it make your NBC nightly news? Why wasn't it scattered all over the press? And you and I know the answer. The answer is, they protect the left. Fusion GPS, a major liberal Organization made up fake news and was peddling it. So how could we not have liberal bias? How? Can anybody tell me? Cause I'm confused on why this wasn't a big deal. They shopped it, and now in court, we're finding every news agency was shopped it, and they never disclosed it. (laughs) Okay, this one's going to piss some people off, but I really don't care. I am a huge Jimmy Fallon fan, all right? He does dog Trump, but the guy does a classy, I think he's kept his show entertaining. And of course, it's killed him in the ratings because you got Colbert on there every night saying, what other crazy shit can I say, you know, to try to improve my ratings about Trump, that, you know, Trump fucks baby pandas. So one night I'm watching and... Charlene Theron comes on, and I can say this without retribution. My wife knows. I that woman's beautiful. She's beautiful. She's the only movie star I think's beautiful. She's a little skinny. She could use a couple hamburgers here and there, but she's a beautiful lady. And there's this thing about making her James Bond. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm not a big Bond guy. I watched a couple when I was a kid, but I wasn't really huge on it. You know, it wasn't like my thing. I think my stepfather was into it, but I really wasn't. And I saw some comments on Twitter, but it was never huge. And then all of a sudden, D.C. McAllister, a woman, puts out an article, and i got to cover it. Why James Bond should never be a woman. Unlike any other character in a long-running run franchise, James Bond is a male fantasy figure. If you want a female British spy, don't co-op another that personifies masculinity. I could stop right there cuz it's pretty much drop spot on if you, if you want something do your thing but she goes into the breakdown all good contenders are these dudes but these gentlemen might not make the cut in this modern era of gender appropriation a campaign is already underway to have it be a woman chris hemsworth recently tweeted that it's time for a woman to be the next james bond his choice Charlie's Theron. She embodies every sort of ounce of strength, ability, and dignity, and integrity that the character should have. Hemsworth told W's Lynn Hershberger, "She's smart as hell. She's physically able. I worked with her on the Snow White and the Huntsman, watching her in those fight scenes, doing it in high heels, by the way, and an eight-foot-long gown was even more impressive." Hershberger agrees and argues that the star of films such as Mad Max, Fury Road. Monster, Aeon Flux, Prometheus, Atomic Blonde is the James Bond we need now. She's strong, can take a beating in a fight, blah, blah, blah. But then this lady goes, I hate to throw a bucket of cold water on Hershberg's dream, but James Bond as a woman will never be successful long-term. It has nothing to do with being anti-woman or be believing that fiction is written in stone as if it were a depiction of history. I recognize that in the realm of make-believe, the script can change as characters can. Starbucks switched from being a cigar-smoking man to an even more degenerate cigar-smoking woman in Battlestar Galactica. That took some getting used to, but since the entire world was reimagined, it worked well. It's also been announced that the next Doctor Who will be a woman, given that the character is time-traveling alien and actually an interesting switch. Even in James Bond, there has been sex changes. Judi Dench took the role as M, which had been played by Robert Brown. That wasn't any big deal because the character's sex wasn't intrinsic to the character as it is with James Bond. Unlike any other character in a long-run franchise, James Bond is a male fantasy figure. As Shaw Connery once said, Bond is important this invincible Superman that every man would like to copy and every woman like to conquer, this dream we all have of survival. If you want a female British spy, then be creative and make your own franchise instead of co-opting one that is character who personifies masculinity. Follow the lead of Star Trek, they didn't cast a woman as James Kirk in the reinvention of the series. Instead, they showed the real talent as writers and producers, and created a whole new storyline in which Catherine Janeway excelled as captain of Voyager. And I think that pretty much sums up. She then, you know, she goes on to say, you know, uh, male versus female spy is a no physical contest. Womanizing isn't attractive in a woman either, and she closes it out perfectly. Hemsworth and others can keep banging the drum for a female bond, but all who recognize the distinctions between men and women and value men retaining masculine ideals without women stealing them in the name of equality shouldn't fall for this political correct stunt. If the franchise does end up caving and 007 becomes a woman, don't despair. We always have John Wick. And I, you know, I don't give a fuck in the end. I know it's going to happen. It's just going to happen because girls' power, and we're so contrived now. It's like every picture you show on advertisement, every TV show, every movie, they are so conscious because of the agenda that is forced down our throat by the progressive dogma, the cult, the religion that is progressivism. You gotta have a white guy, a black guy, a friggin' Mexican, a Spanish dude, a Chinese, Latina, uh, friggin' Japanese, some Korean person. Could be from Thailand. he covers. Got to have an Oriental person. You gotta have a gay person. You gotta start getting transgender people in there. And oh, don't forget about the brown women you got to have brown women. So you don't write characters that are deep and structural and mean something and start franchises that are meaningful and people follow until the day they die. No, 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 no. You write crap. And what happens to that crap? The Great Outdoors, to me, is a perfect example of what went wrong. They start a show had a great premise, was very funny, had a lead male and a lead female, but then you had an oriental girl, a black guy, and an autistic dude, pretty much. And when things weren't going right, they then made the black guy turn into a bisexual person. Because we need that. And in one episode, one of the old love lives of the male character now is gay. Because they thought, well, that'll turn the tide. But if you write crap, it's crap. And though I'd watch Charlene's Theron in anything, 007's a male character. If your logic holds true, then you need to flip the script on a female character and make it male. Of course, we'll never do that because that's, oh, that's just wrong. Why would they do that? There's not enough women in Hollywood. Blah, 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 blah. So start your own thing. Start a fresh new agent show from Britain with a female. They just did it with their new show. She's an undercover agent. She kicks everybody's fucking ass. She's a badass. And she's a chick. Looks like a good movie. I won't go to it in person. I'll, of course, download it because I ain't paying fucking that much money to go see it because it ain't that great. I'm watching Geostorm. That's the next movie we're going to watch. We're going to go to the theater and some Halloween movie we're going to. Some scary shit my wife wants to see. It also comes out. Oh, Saw 75. But why does everything have to be just PC just for the sake of PC? You would think, though, you know, and and... The truth would be, uh, I hate to say it as I started to discombobulate my thought process here. They would still say it sucked. All these people that push you to do this stuff would look at it and go, well, it wasn't that good. It was fake. They were just doing it to do it. It would be just like right now with the freaking female press secretary. Don't even tell me we're breaking glass ceilings here. It doesn't count because it's not the person we want it. Because then it won't be enough. Charlie's Theron would have to be gay. She'd have to be a lesbian. She'd be conquering other females. And then it would be, Charlie's Theron is white. That doesn't work. It, why don't you have a person of color doing the role? We need more brown women in on movies. And then you would never stop. You give an inch, they want 95 fucking miles. And even if every show was an orgy of gay, transgender, black, Chinese, Spanish people, they would find fault in it. These same people would go, well, you know, I noticed there wasn't one white character. That is not diverse enough. Okay, check that. They probably wouldn't. Because these people are segment five. Donald Trump is not invited to the wedding. Joe and Mika and their star-crossed relationship... With the president. This is an actual fucking article. And it goes on for 10 pages. It was Joe Scarborough's 53rd birthday, April 9th, 2016. And his youngest child, an 8-year-old boy named Jack, was trying to tell him something. Dad, look at the birthday cake, he said. The cake was in the shape of a small mammal resting on a bed of artificial green coconut shavings. Its body frosted vanilla white. And its floppy ears studded with Smarties. Fourteen candles stuck out of its back with another stab in the center of its head like some kind of surgery ac- sugary acupuncture experience. Scarborough's girlfriend, Mika Brzezinski, had baked it from a box Duncan Hines mix and then, being with the daughter of a sculptor, carved it up with a knife. The result was part Peter Cottontail, part Donnie Darko. At first glance, Scarborough didn't read much into it, but with growing frustration, Jack repeated himself, Dad, look at the birthday cake! Then it hit him. The cake was a clue about his present. Oh my God, he said. Mika did not get me a rabbit. She got me a rabbit. He sighed as he told me the story earlier this month, his tiny eyes rolling back in the back of his head in memory. So she got me a rabbit. At six foot three and eight foot, eight, eight foot nine, including the hair, Scarborough looks like Jimmy Neutron in his lizard phase or Tucker Carlson after someone put him through a taffy pulling machine. Shallow is the word that comes to mind. They go through their love affair. This goes on, like I said, for 10 hours about how awesome they are, how in love they are, how Donald Trump is horrible, it's disturbing, is said over and over, how he's not invited to their wedding. I am still clicking. I'm still clicking, still clicking, still clicking. I don't write love songs. I was inspired to finally. He wrote Brzezinski a song called Let's Fall in Love, which he sings of how she breaks my heart with the wave of her hand. I'm trying to push back nausea. I've done clicked through it. In my script, it covers 40 pages in Word doc reading view. These are the people who are pushing everybody to do stuff. And I just wonder, when is the time that we say enough's enough? When is the time we put the pause button on and go, okay, I'd rather have a movie be something new, exciting, interesting, with depth, with characters that actually can act, with a storyline that says something at the end. Because when I'm watching the movie, I'm not looking to see, is there a gay person, a Chinese person, a black person, a woman of color? And look at those things. The left would say, well, you're white. You don't give a fuck. You have white privilege. That is your white privilege. No, I'm watching a goddamn fairy tale. I just want to watch something to get me away from my life for a while. I'm not looking for it to push the envelope or make a political statement. But this dogma of the left, the cult of the left, the religion that is progressivism, has pushed us all to believe everything, all the time, 100%, has to have political statements inlaid. The people that ruin every holiday with their politics and hand out books How to Talk to Your Bigoted Uncle have ruined everything. When New York Mag does 10 page spread on Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough breaking HR rules and doing the fucky sucky on the clock. When the rest of us live in the don't dip your pen in the company ink world. My brain just goes, that makes total sense. Total sense. If the Tony Reed show had a female co-host... And I left my wife and started banging her. And I was important and popular, which will never happen. So it's a bad analogy. Do you think that would be appropriate? Do you think New York May could do a big article about our love affair? That I left my wife of 20 some odd years? You think that would be okie dokie? Actually 30 years? No! That would be inappropriate. As it is. But no. Because they go on TV every day. And say Donald Trump's a piece of shit. And push all the progressive cult religion dogma. They're good to go. They're icons. So you haven't caught the theme of the bulk of this show. We. The consumer. Have to stop. Paying. For crap. We should punish Hollywood. Our TV shows. When they hand us crap. That's politically correct. My family. We watched the last Alaskans. Love that show. They shot a wolf. We never watch the shit again. And we do it on everything. If a TV show starts, it's a great show, and it's got gay characters, we don't give a fuck. We're not homophobes. But if a show just inserts a gay character to try to be PC, we stop watching it instantly. That's what we do. It's not about the gay person. It's not that the gay character's there. It's that this show now went from being a show to being a PC platform to push a political statement. Because once again, in our house, we just want to be entertained. We want to get away from TV commercials that have a white dad, a Chinese mom, and a black kid that make no goddamn sense eating fucking Cheerios just because they're afraid to put an ad out with a white mom and a white dad and a white kid. or commercials that keep telling me that I need to trade in every goddamn car I've ever owned and drive a fucking Prius to save the planet that had snow for 270 days in California. That's, like, really a long time, folks. Long time. I just turned that shit off. And I think that's what we need to do. Start turning it off. To a music break... News, social, media, nuggets.
0: Poking at the media bubble, one podcast at a time. Here's Tony Reid. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come on and fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Stop. Stop. Now it's time for news and social media nuggets. The crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind.
1: We started the show on transgender ban to the army, but to understand the impact of Obama's stupidity last year, because once again the military is not a place for you to be questioning who the hell you are. The Navy's newest, most sophisticated aircraft carrier doesn't have urinals, so we just designed our latest aircraft carrier with. Gender neutral. We went gender neutral when the Navy is comprised of 18% female. And we already said 0.001 was transgendered. So as people talk about, oh, it's not going to cost you that much money. We just designed, uh, what does it say, 129 in addition to problem with the launching and arresting system, the twelve point nine billion warship, we spent the time to go gender fucking neutral. So yes, transgenderism in the army costs more than that eight million dollar quote you're getting from the media right now. And it did cost more than erectile dysfunction pills, you fucking morons. As the White House wages war on legal marijuana, veterans side with pot. American Legion did a huge survey, and the majority of them said, fuck it, for vets. I'm one of those people who said, fuck it. I want pot to be legal. It would take off the burden from our police force, take people out of prison for shit like that, other than the ones that would be trafficking it, you know, once it's legal. They'd still fucking go to jail. But the taxes, the taxes from weed alone. I mean, seriously, Colorado's got, they're falling over money. They don't even know what to do with it. The 10 worst military installations for heat-related incidents. for betting. Jeep, this is from 2002 to 2016, 1,451 incidents. That makes sense. It's a basic training unit. Fort Bragg, 1,409. That surprised me. That's like 82nd Airborne. Fort Jackson, a training base, 911. Marine Corps, Camp Lejeune, 661. Fort Campbell, 579. Uh, Depot, Buford Island and Paris Island, 498. Fort Polk, 468. But that's training base, once again. And people don't have water. So you understand, when you go to Fort Polk, it's like you go to war. If your water and food gets blown the fuck up, it gets blown up. You don't get it. I went days without food down there. I had to do, like, well, it used to be Fort Chaffee, but all in all, I did seven rotations there with a uh, regular unit, and, yeah, there were plenty of times we didn't have water. Uh, Camp Pendleton, 393, Fort Hood, 308, and Naval Medical State Center, San Diego, at 276. So um that's pretty interesting. I thought that was an interesting stack. That was from Task and Purpose. Also, Task and Purpose handed us that Mark Wahlberg and Marcus Luttrell are teaming up to do spots on the new veteran benefits for the exchange networks, and here it is. Hey, I'm Mark Wahlberg. And I'm Marcus Luttrell with a message for our nation's honorably discharged veterans. The military exchanges are so grateful to continue to be a part of veterans' lives and celebrate their distinguished service beginning Veterans Day 2017. All honorably discharged veterans are encouraged to visit VetVerify.org to confirm eligibility for their lifetime exchange online benefit today. Thank you for your service. And welcome home, guys. Thank you for your service, brother. Thanks, brother. That's pretty doggone cool. But the coolest one is veteran 92 attacked while protecting his flags. This guy um, is a badass. Age 92, World War II veteran Howard Banks is legally blind. But his memory is sharp. On July 11th, the day before his birthday, the Marine heard someone outside pulling his American flag down. So he went outside to investigate. I walked out, hanging onto the railing, and stepped down. That must have startled them. Banks said the first time this happened, about a year ago, someone shredded his American flag and ripped his Marine flag. He was determined not to let this happen again. They could, they could see me. I couldn't see them. I turned and looked into the other direction, and about then, wham, one of them knocked me down. Whoever did, it took off. Neighbors rushed to help Banks up. His knee was left a little twisted, and he said he suffered bruises and bumps. But he said that it can't stop him from life mission to honor veterans who sacrifice and serve. I think we all had that same feeling that the flag was our identity. We were Americans, he said. The fact that I'm getting older and the less I can do, at least I can still do that. Banks didn't hear who attacked him. Meanwhile, family, neighbors, and police are keeping an eye on him. And for that, dude, you are a badass. Good on ya. To the crazy, government spends over 3 million to stop microaggressions and a lack of diversity. The National Science Foundation spent over 3 million to stop microaggressions, lack of diversity. 174,932 will be used to fund an implicit bias conference at Stanford. University of New Hampshire received 1 million to stop bias incident against a minority in STEM and an NSF for good Texas A&M University near 2 million to help ha- enhance diversity cuz that is so important. Getting good grades not important. Diversity more important. But that's not it. That's just not the stop of it. Princeton's new men's engagement manager to combat aggressive masculinity on campus. Are you a young man at Princeton University? Violent, aggressive, hypermasculine Stalker or a rapist? You better not go to Princeton anymore. Sweet God. I'm not even reading it because it's not about rape. It's about masculinity. If they have their way, the progressive cult... Dogma, religion, I gotta get a better catch line for it. Men will have to walk around in dresses. uh, Dresses and heels. Because we're just evil. We're evil people. You got a whole generation of feminists raising their kids that you're bad too, just because you have a penis. You're a bad person. You have a penis. But they don't understand that none of this really works. Because our next little tidbit, researchers say there are ways to reduce racial bias, but calling people racist isn't one of them. A whole research on this. Whole research. The way this article starts is perfect. In 2016, researchers stumbled on a radical tactic for reducing another person's bigotry. A frank conversation. But calling them racist did absolutely nothing to change anything. Because as Tony Reid has said a million times on the goddamn show, racist means nothing. Within this article is bigoted Southerners over and over and over. It's all about the South. They say the South's got a problem. But, you know, Crystal Johnson tweets, Patricia Williams and her two daughters own McDonald's franchise in L.A. that employ more than 700 people and make almost $50 annually all women of color. Here's the left. Greedy capitalism and bad bosses come in all shades. Are they paying higher wages than other franchises? Do they give workers better schedules? Benefits? No. Then who gives a fuck? Great. Do they pay a living wage? If not, fuck them. I mean, bravo for being successful businesswoman, but McDonald's is still poison, so... And it goes on and on. On and on and on. Because goddamn, it's never enough. Daily Beast GQ Magazine culture writer Ira Madsen. This is her tweet. Butch Queen, first time in drags at the ball. He tweeted alongside a picture of Huckabee Sanders. Yeah. I was going to cover that in our closing loop, but I just thought, what the fuck? I, I, I just, what the fuck? what the fuck man what the fuck fuck in the sad crazy I fucking killed my sister teen live streams fatal car crash I'm not playing it her last statement was I fucking killed my sister okay I know I'm going to jail for life I understand that I don't fucking care though I'm sorry baby I'm gonna hold it down her sister was ejected from the car because she was streaming driving. That's fucking horrible. She finally was arrested. God, and other crazy fucking suspect news. Handcuffed suspect strips goes number two in RPDCA online. Eats it and spits it on cops on I-80. Dude ate his own shit and spit it on the cop. Officer placed the suspect in the back seat of the police car and drove onto I 80 eastbound. As soon as they were on I 80, the suspect slipped his handcuffs from back to the front, undressed, slipped his clothes to the window, and out onto the freeway. As soon as the officer realized the suspect was throwing his clothes out of the police car, they also realized he had just defecated, started to eat it, and spit it on the officers. Thankfully, no police officers were hurt and cleared of the biohazard. What the fuck? Well, I can't be a cop Scott in Georgia you're a better man than me I would kill these people Britain to ban sale of diesel and petrol cars in 2040 coming to a theater near you that's coming folks that's why I report it I report it because you're gonna get that's gonna happen Chevy and Ford will be forced to do it whether Trump's in office or not ancient humans had sex with non-humans this article is really strange that there was a different type of upright creature living on the planet and they were humping them they couldn't see if they actually produced any offsprings it's a little fucking creepy but this one's even worse our last crazy story before we go into lighter fare meet the woman who has lived on one of the world's most remote islands for 40 years alone and it's shrouded in fog 127 days of the year Zoe Lucas 67 has spent 40 years living on Sable Island off the coast of Canada. The citizen scientist first visited the spot as a 20-year-old in 1971. She gets supplies flown in, supplies flown in weekly, and spends her time studying ecology. They did not say if she had a volleyball with her. A la Tom Hanks. And for our audio lighter fare, another Yusha Thomas. Um, YouTube channel segment. This one: traffic stop on active duty versus traffic stop as a civilian. <laughs>
3: oh, black guy, Getting okay, of this ticket should be a breeze. Hey, officer, <laughs> hands on the steering wheel. <laughs> hey, man, Officer Baker. You realize you're doing 96 in the 55, Baker? I need to see your driver's license and proof of insurance. Not a problem. Just give me one sec. Reach it from a wallet. Hey. <laughs> I don't need you to turn my ass into a shower head. I'm <laughs> going. Oh, here's my wallet and my driver's license. Wait a minute. You active duty? Why do not you tell me? Man. Hey, thank you for your service. And hey, let's take it. <laughs> Thanks, Troop. <laughs> well, well, thank you. <laughs> Have a blessed day.
1: Any months later.
3: Officer, how's it going? Hey, I stopped because you, you ran the red light back there. I to see you driver's license and proof of insurance. <laughs> Not a problem. We're just from a wallet right now. What? I got to ask. What? Is that a dependent card? A dependent card? Well, I was active duty and I got out, but my wife is still in. <laughs> your there. wife is still in active duty? Man, you a punk. Look, let me guess. Your wife fixes the plumbing when it's broke, too, right? <laughs> but I just... <laughs> Oh, And your wife carries your balls in her pocket, too, don't you? She, a... I... I bet your wife gives you prostate exam on Friday nights, too. <laughs> What's so? <laughs> your wife your wife most yard too, though
1: <laughs> Once again you can check your check Yucha Thomas feed on YouTube, subscribe to it, it's really, really funny. Um, this one, as I've been doing lately, covering stories, post all our segments. It's pretty shitty, shitty. Fox News host and National Review online contributor, Catherine Timpf, was attacked. And um, she was speaking at Ben Kissel and uh, event for Ben Kissel in Brooklyn Monday night. This was never carried. She's a female, but of course she's conservative leaning, so the media didn't care. There's only one person that actually said something horrible, and it was Jake Tapper, which kind of surprised me. Uh, the rest of the people that are chiming in, and I only got like Katie Pavlich. Um, or conservative reporters. Very few of them out there. But I wanted to read this because this is normal for females who are conservative. We've showed it on the show a million times. Conservative women are treated like shit. All the special PC, you know, protection emulants are not used for them. So I think it needs to be heard. I'm at Union Pool in BK about to speak at my friend Ben Kissel's campaign event. A guy walks in, dumps an entire bottle of water on me. It looks as if the attack was premeditated with Tim clearly the target. Walks in, clearly here because he knows I'm here. Dumps an entire 1.5 liter bottle of water on me, first on my head, and then I turn. Holy crap, I'm so sorry this happened to you. What a punk, Katie Pavlich says. Dude, that blindsided cat Tim is a piece of shit. Want to meet him someday, Geraldo Rivera. Jake Tapper. That is unacceptable and disgusting. I'm sorry you went through that. He was a coward and a loser. Stay strong. Joe Pavliski, angry and appalled. This happened to my friend. Read the whole thread. It's a well-articulated wake-up call. Needless to say, Tim was quite shaken up by the incident. She gave her thoughts on political climate today in this series of tweets. To look, and, and he splashes it directly on my face and runs out. I'm shocked. I'm stunned. I'm obviously upset. I end up not being able to speak because of it. I've never seen a more disgusting, insane, cruel climate than the one we're in now. Why? What does that accomplish? I guess it wasn't able to speak, so that's great, and I guess he wins, but we're just randomly assaulting people in public now? That's what we're doing. Verbal assaults on Twitter not enough anymore? I've had it. I'm an actual human person. I have a soul a family. I have feelings. I have opinions. Some of which some people may disagree with. But I'm a human being. I'm capable of recognizing the people with whom I disagree I have souls and families and are humans. Why are they so many people who seem incapable of viewing the world that way? Seriously, I work really hard. I feel as though I never stop working, and to have the end result be. To not even be able to exist in the world as a human being without being assaulted verbally and now physically by strangers. Complete strangers. And of course, I still don't know exactly what this lunatic's issue with me was. He was trying to change my mind about something, but dumping his water on my head, the very least it could have done was express that it was specifically that he had an issue with me either before or after assaulting me. I'm I'm getting hate from people on all sides of the aisle because I have views that don't fit with any particular party, so I have no way of knowing who or what the hell this guy aligned with, and then I realize it's likely not even about that. It's not about specific issues anymore. It's about either blindly supporting or blindly hating particular people. And for whatever reason, this guy has decided that I am someone who he hates, not for views, but as a human or not a human, because clearly he doesn't see me as one, but as some sort of abstract entity that stands for something he hates. It's disgusting. I'm disgusted. And everyone needs to do better than this infantile bullshit, because I, for one, have had it with senseless hostility. It's not activism. It's not in support of anything. It's nothing but sickness and cruelty. I've had it with people behaving like animals. Get it together and grow up there's surveillance video from inside the venue and police are investigating not allegedly it happened I have a photo on my phone from security cam footage of the incident debating what to do with it not sure he deserves recognition police have also seen the videos of I filed a report did anyone cover this in the media did you hear a reporter have this happen the same time I found this I found this from NBC News.
0: And so, my friends, it is with humility, determination, and boundless confidence in America's promise that I accept your nomination for president.
1: Yeah, they tweeted, one year ago today, Hillary Clinton became first woman nominated for presidency by a major U.S. party. Two days later, she accepted the nomination. That's what they tweeted. And I tell you, if this was Katie Turr, if it was Poppy Harlow, if it was Andrea Mitchell, if it was just a bit player on CNN, a liberal version of this girl who's a bit player on fox news but she sums it up folks i don't agree with a lot of people it doesn't give me the right to pour water on them and granted it could be worse it could be like the antifa which we had last podcast putting piss on people but it's still for a woman horrible and it's unacceptable And it's highly unacceptable that our media didn't even cover it. It's not even being talked about. They don't care. And you say I'm making a mountain on a molehill? No, I'm not. If the very same thing happened to a liberal woman, it would be a fucking lead-in on CNN. NBC News will cover it. Because remember, NBC News covered Rush Limbaugh calling Sandra Fluke a lying sack of shit Ivy League woman who was complaining... About free birth control, she went to a seventy thousand dollar a year school. Yeah, that was that was fucking the nightly news. They let off with it. We gotta fix this. Part of my soul right now says I want to go out and start beating people, just like they do. But I think my wife sums this up because we talked about the subject last night, which came off the rope. The difference between the right and the left right now isn't that Donald Trump's the president, because he's not a righty. It's not that we won. We didn't. The only thing we won is that Hillary Clinton become president. That's what we won. As a conservative independent, I won because she didn't become president. We're adults. We go out in public and have demeanor That is of an adult. You might occasionally flip somebody off in traffic. But you're not verbally assaulting people. You're not pouring water on them. You're not throwing piss in their face. You're not beating buildings down. And in 2020 when a Democrat becomes president. Or in 2018 when the House and Senate flip. Senate won't happen but the House could. They're saying. I don't know how. But all of a sudden the gerrymandered districts are gerrymandered the other way. Which is the most bizarre thing I've ever heard in my life. We're not going to go burn shit down. I'm not going to call people vile names. I'm not going to hope when Nancy Pelosi gets breast cancer that she dies. Because we're adults. We conduct ourselves as adults. We have respect and courtesy to everybody, even if we disagree with them. And the resistance, the progressive movement, people like Patrick, don't have that. They believe it's all right to hate your neighbor. It's all right to curse your neighbor. It's all right to tell you, tell those people don't belong in America. When right now the only people that don't belong in America are acting beyond American values and norms is the resistance, the Antifa, the Democrats. At no time in our country has it ever been like this. No time. And it's horrible. So this wraps up Another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends and send comments about the tracks to the email F O P P O D C A S T at Gmail.com. Fop Podcast Gmail dot com. You can get this show on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Make sure you check out the Flyover Politic webpage at F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com, F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Fop podcast gmail.com. It's a theme. To see feeds for the show, links to our Facebook page and also to get that email again. There you also see every episode on the episode release page. And my blogs on the blog page. Next podcast will be Monday. 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 The 31st. The last day of July. Might record it on Sunday. That my wife wants to paint. Please. Enjoy the rest of your week. As I always say in this part of the show. Hit pause. Enjoy your family and friends. Go out and do something. That isn't connected to a tablet, a phone, the internet, the TV set. Soon it'll be cold and you wish you would have done something this weekend for me. Going junking again. going to look for a radio for my mommy. My mommy had a radio when she was a kid at Crosley, so I'm going to try to go find one. It won't be the exact one, but I'm going to find her an old radio. And we're going to hit a bunch of junk shites, because that's what we're doing every Saturday now. Going out junking, and it's a blast. Next Wednesday, we'll be going to the Queen concert. I Can't Stand Queen, but I'll give a full review on next week's Friday Free For All, because I'm taking my better half to a concert. Because she's gone to a bunch with me that she didn't like, and I'm going to go to one with her that I don't like. Of course, we got seated seats this time, so it will not be the Perfect Circle segment that I had where I was talking about severe pain from being cramped in teeny seats on a floor 10 rows from the stage. Still an experience i do over, but this time we'll be seated. So enjoy something. Go out and do something. Have some fun. Give some love to your family and friends. And tune back in next Monday when we'll have another podcast full of hate and hypocrisy coming from the left. Take care, my friends. Let the body Thanks sit the for flow. listening. Let the bodies hit the floor.
0: Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor.